listen, we're going to go ahead and jump into part two of our series in the King of Kings today. And I can't help but think about um, uh, a Christmas back in 1986. Man, listen, I... The anticipation I had for this Christmas, because this was the first time I was going to get something brand new that I had never had before. Can I show y'all what it was? Can I, can I take you back? Y'all don't mind going back with Pastor Chris for a minute? Let me show you what, what I got in 1986. Man, listen. So first of all, first of all, y'all got to understand, like the 80s, that we rode bikes, all right? We rode bikes. Y'all saw E.T. He flying on a bike. Some of y'all watch Stranger Things. They own bikes. 80s, you had, you had to have a bike. Now, this bike, oh, my God, white mag wheels. Are you kidding me? Some of y'all don't even see the pegs on the side right there. It, it, it was called Freedom. It was a Western Flyer. It's old school. Western Flyer Freedom. You could do tricks on this bike. I thought I was the man. I, I, I walked outside on this Christmas, um, and it was on the front porch, and I looked, and I was like, this is what I wanted. Ah, only three people in my neighborhood had one. Mine was still a little bit different. And all my friends, my last name is Green, is Green. Come, I mean, come on, y'all. So th- this was, I mean, it snowed. That was, the, that was one of the few Christmases in North Carolina. It snowed that Christmas because I remember trying to ride my bike in, on the ice, and I fell a couple times, all right? But that anticipation that I had leading up to that moment and then that moment happening was big. And, and, that, and that happens a lot for kids during Christmas. And as you get older, sometimes you lose that anticipation. And I think we lose that anticipation a little bit too as we get older. And even though we know that the birth of King Jesus is the greatest thing that could ever happen to us, we still lose that anticipation. But I also remember um, many years later when I got married, um, I've been married to my lovely wife, Erica, for 21 years. I remember the first Christmas um, we spent together and my sister-in-law bought me something. She bought me a tool kit, okay? It had like a bunch of tools and stuff in it. Now, listen, I'm not that, that handy. I'm a country boy, but I'm not super handy. I don't have that Bob the Builder anointing that Pastor Ethan has, okay? He can, that dude can build all kinds of stuff, all right? I, I just, you know, but I didn't know that I was going to be in, in an intimate relationship with this toolbox throughout the years. We had four kids, so there was a lot of Christmases I spent thinking I'm going to be uh, sipping on hot chocolate and, and bringing in the, you know, bringing in Christmas, and I'm out there actually putting stuff together, stuff that they said only takes like, oh, some assembly, assembly required for an hour, and I spent six hours trying to put something together and messing up, and you know, but here's the thing. I've used that toolkit so many times. Here was something I didn't anticipate, but something I've needed for a long time. And I think today's message actually hits both groups. I think it hits this group that is, knows Jesus, but they've lost their anticipation for Jesus some. And also this group that might not realize how much you need Jesus in your life. See, last week we talked about the hope of a king. We learned that, that Jesus actually is a king that existed at the beginning now, we'll find out today that he was born, but he, we also, he gives us a glimpse into the future. And we learn that this future king, this king, is coming back, and he already has victory. And he also gives victory to those that follow him as well. But today, I want you to go a little bit deeper. I want you to see how significant the king's birth is in shaping your faith, 
and shaping your hope. He is the king that we should anticipate and the king that we need. So today's message is really simple. We entitled it, The Birth of a King. We'll be in Matthew chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 18 through 25. All right? Now listen, this series actually did not start with the birth of a king because the birth of the king is not the beginning of the king. Amen? Now here's the thing. If you let that settle in for a moment, that the birth of this king is not the beginning of this king, you'll begin to understand why we make such a big deal about Jesus and his birthday, all right? While we celebrate so hard, while we go so hard about Jesus, King Jesus. Because yes, our birth signifies our beginning, right? If we want to talk about when you started, that is usually the, the year, the month that you were born. But that's not the case with Jesus. See, Jesus was patterned, he was promised, and he was present all throughout history, all throughout the Old Testament. In other words, you know, Jesus' beginning started, if you're going to read the scripture in Genesis, all the way through Revelation. Now, listen, my, my worship for Jesus went to a whole nother level. The first time I read Luke 24, 27. Even if you don't have to go to it right now, but just, just write that verse down. I want you to go to it. Why did my worship change then? It changed the way I worshiped Jesus. It changed even my preaching and teaching. Because Jesus is actually, this is the resurrected Jesus. So this is the Jesus that was in the ground for three days. He resurrected. And not only did he resurrect, he appeared to people for 40 days. And he's walking around and he's talking to people and he's revealing himself to people. And he, he rolls up on these two brothers. They're on the road to, to Emmaus. It's about a seven-mile walk. It's like walking from here to, you know, to Castle Hain, all right? And, they, and they're on that walk and Jesus walks with them and, and he doesn't reveal himself fully to them. He starts to ask them some questions and they're just like, do you know what happened, Jesus? Is, you know, he's like, mm, I, I hear what you're saying. So then he breaks down to them this. He, it actually says in verse 27, and beginning with Moses. Now, when he says beginning with Moses, it doesn't mean the life of Moses. He's talking about the books that Moses wrote, the Torah, first five books of the Bible. Beginning with Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Beginning with this, it says with Moses and all the prophets, so Isaiah, Jeremiah, you name it. It says he interpreted to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. I was like, man. I was like, first Jesus... I need that sermon in my life. I, you know, I, I, I need that. You know, but, but the truth of the matter is, when you look in the scripture, you can see it. It's there. And maybe, I, you know, I know in the future, we'll do a class here at the bridge where we, where we talk about Jesus in the Old Testament, because this is very important for you to understand. You need to understand that Jesus is someone that has been patterned, he's been promised and present all throughout the scripture. So let's read this text today. You're actually going to see a moment even in here where you see um, one of those promises being fulfilled even in this. So let, let's read this so we can celebrate this hope together. In Jesus, when God became a man through a little Middle Eastern baby boy named Jesus, also known as Emmanuel. Look at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from 
the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So let's just establish from the gate, okay? We're not just celebrating an ordinary birth. This is something that is core to our faith as Christians. Why? Because who believes, who believes that a child can be born without a man and a woman coming together? Right? In the immortal words of Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock, it takes two to make a thing go right. All right? We know this, but not with God. See, with God, it took one. It took the Spirit of God. It took the Spirit of God. Notice the role of the Spirit of God laced all throughout the Scripture, but particularly here in verses 18 and verse 20. Now, here's the thing. Joseph did not fully understand the work of the Spirit right here. But he trusted the Spirit of God. And because though he didn't fully understand everything that the Spirit was doing right here in this moment, how can my wife-to-be, or actually he was engaged, but that engagement was, at that time, it was the same thing as a, a legal binding marriage at this time, a wife that he had never been with sexually at all, how is she pregnant with a child. See, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. Mary is really technically, she, she's a surrogate. She had nothing to do with this conception, okay? This conception is there. But you see Mary in Joseph's role, and you see them trying to understand this virgin birth. But instead of trying to figure it all out, they trusted the Holy Spirit's work. And here's the thing. They were the first to believe this, but a countless number of other people since then, way outside of the Middle East, have now put their faith in this Christ, in this man that was born from the Holy Spirit. See, the virgin birth, if this does not take place, I need you to understand how this in, in, involves your faith right now. If this did not take place, then the Bible is not true and it can't be trusted. Why is this an essential part of salvation in Scripture? Why? Because without the virgin birth, there's no salvation for sinners. You're like, what, what are you talking about, Pastor Chris? What, what? Why? Let me ask you something. How can your sins be forgiven by a sinner? You're like, wait, wait. I do it all the time. I'm a sinner. I forget. How can the judge judge someone if he's doing the same thing they're doing? Does that make it more clear? We needed someone that was sinless. See, Jesus couldn't be born into sin like all of us. All of us are born sinners. Jesus was a sinless child that became a sinless man that would end up being a substitute for all these sinless people like me and you. We were in desperate need of a king. Can you feel the anticipation? See, salvation starts and continues with faith in Jesus Christ. 
And I want to invite you today. I don't know where you are. I don't know where you are with your anticipation and your need today. But I want to invite you right now. I hope that you've been hearing what the Spirit has been speaking to you from the time you woke up this morning to the time that you walked through the doors to the time that you heard some songs being sang that are speaking to what we're even talking to today. I hope that you can be like Joseph, and even if you don't understand what the Spirit is doing, that you're willing to listen to what God is saying to you. I hope that you can hear him trying to counsel you. I hope that you can hear the Spirit of God trying to convict you. I hope you can hear the Spirit of God ready to be there to comfort you right now. So let's keep reading. Look at verse 21. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, the reason why I chose this account in Matthew, because what's different in the account in Matthew and the account in Luke, is that in Luke, to Mary, his name is revealed to be Jesus. But in Matthew, not only do you get his name, but you get the reason for his name. His name is Jesus. Jesus. It's Joshua or Yeshua. And that means, that literally means the Lord saves. That means the Lord saves. So listen, here's the first reason to celebrate Jesus right here. You can write this down. Jesus' birth means you have a problem greater than your ability. You have a problem greater than your ability. What, 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 what do I mean? Why did Jesus need to be born? It's actually sort of an indictment on the human race that God himself had to become a man for us on our behalf. We needed a savior. It's the thing that every evangelist is trying to get across to everyone that doesn't know Jesus. Why you need a savior in your life. Here's the reason why. Because most people believe they need to be saved from something. And they fail to realize that they also need to be saved from themselves. What does it say? He came to save his people from, from their enemies. He came to save his people from what? Their sins. Man, as parents, we spend a lot of time trying to protect our children from everything that could harm them and everything that could bring harm in their life. And we sometimes forget that what you need to be protecting your children from is the most dangerous thing they'll ever face, their own heart, their own sins. I experienced at least 16 or 17 Christmases struggling because I was trying to save myself from my own sins. I thought I could, could deliver myself. I thought I had a way. I thought that maybe if I do good acts, then these bad things that I did and these bad thoughts that I had and these things that I did to people, that would cover that up. I needed to be saved from Chris Green. Chris Green needed to be saved from Chris Green, and only one person could do that, and that was King Jesus. That was on my 18th birthday, so that Christmas of 1994 was a totally different Christmas for me because for the first time, I had been saved from myself. And I learned what it meant to put my hope in Jesus. Then my celebration of him changed. Because yes, we were born sinners, but he was born king so that you could be born again. Let me say that again. 
Yes, everybody in this room. You're not, no one in this room, no one that is listening online, none of us were born saved. We were born in sin, but then we have a king that was born, and the fact that this king that was born, whose name is the Lord saves, is the fact that you can be born again. His birth means our salvation. Salvation is literally in the name of Jesus. That's why verse 21 might be one of the most important verses in the Bible. Because his name has power. Do you realize every time you call on the name of Jesus, you're saying the Lord saves? The, my, my first Sunday school teacher, Miss Estelle Tilly, bless her soul, rest, her soul rest in peace. One, listen, I remember being about four or five years old. And I remember, I don't remember much about Sunday school and what was taught in that class, but I'll never forget this because she taught me something. She said this. She said, hey, Chris, and all these little kids distracted doing whatever we're doing. She said, if you ever get thoughts in your head, if you ever get some things that are starting to happen to you where, where you're, you're wrestling with it, she said, you call on the name of Jesus. She said, just say Jesus. Call on Jesus. She told me that when I was about four or five. Could it be that Miss Estelle knew that the thing that these little kids would wrestle with the most was not going to be some, some stuff that was external, but what was internal? I called on him, and I called on him, and I called on him, and he was patient with me, and I finally accepted him right before I went to college. Mm, he was so good to me, so gracious to me during those times. Sometimes you get to places where you don't even have much energy to pray, but instead of not praying, I got something that you can say that's a mouthful. Jesus, the Lord saves Sometimes you need to speak that over your children. You need to say, Jesus. See, some of us, yes, you have a wayward child. You got a, a parent that's, that's, that, 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 that you're estranged from. You have all these different people in your life, and you need, to rem you need to remember that Jesus was born, so that means that the Lord saves is here. See, I, I know that some of you struggle with depression and anxiety, and some of you that never contemplated suicide ever in your life, you're contemplating it now. Let me tell you something. Jesus was born, and the Lord saves is here. I know some of us are struggling with porn addiction, with sex addiction, with drug addiction, with food addiction. We struggle with all kind of things, but I need to remind you today, too, that Jesus was born, and the Lord saves is here, and he came to save you from your own sins. Church, there ain't nothing that's too hard for God. There's nothing that's too hard for Jesus. There's nothing too hard for him. Do you realize how desperately he loves you? Do you realize that he emptied himself? He took off his godly throne. He came down off his throne. He took away his, the, 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 the gavel that he had to judge you and all those things. He took that off and took your place. On Calvary. That's how much he loved you. He loved you so much that he became the high priest that we needed. Jesus, when he became a man, here, here's, here's what's so significant about him becoming a man. He experienced everything we experience right now. Yet, he was without sin. For we do not have a high priest that is unable to sympathize with us in our weaknesses. For he was tempted in every way yet he was without sin. That's why you can go to him with boldness because that's the kind of king 
that was born, the kind of king that is ruling, the kind of king that is on his throne right now. You know, it made me actually think about, I'm, I'm talking about the 80s today. I'm, I'm stuck on the 80s, y'all. Made me think about Superman 2. Came out in 1980. I like the old Superman, Christopher Reed. God rest his soul as well. Plus, plus his name was Christopher, so y'all know I love him. All right. That was, that was my favorite superhero growing up. It was the first one I ever saw was him. Um, I saw Christopher Reed, and I don't know if you remember Superman too, but in the plot, that's when Zod and, and all the, uh, these other um, aliens from his former planet, they come to attack Earth. Um, but Superman actually falls in love in Superman too. He's in love with Lois Lane. And the only way that he can be with Lois Lane is that he has to go from being superhuman to just being human. So he actually relinquishes his power as Superman. It's like the only time I've seen that happen in the comic. He, he totally relinquishes his power. He becomes a man. I mean, Superman is getting beat up. For the first time, Superman sees blood coming out of his mouth. He's the man of steel. The man of steel don't bleed. But he was bleeding, and he did this for, for Lois Lane, the love of his life. All right? Way before Superman ever came out, we had a king that existed that loved his bride-to-be so much. Now, here's the thing. His bride actually was his enemy. His bride actually was us, lost in our sins, but he loved us so much that this God became a man. But here's the difference between him and Superman. He was fully God and fully man. Jesus never ceased being God. You see him. You know the way he talks to the wind, the way he talks to the waves, the way that, that he does miracles. We know that this is not just another ordinary man. He was fully God, even on the cross. He was fully God. And here's the thing. When he said it is finished, when he said it is done, he did something that I've never seen any superhero or anybody ever do. He actually became sin. For us. That's a strong word, Chris. Yeah, it's, it's, in, it's in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. It says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that we that in him we might be the righteousness of God. See, listen, our problem of sin is great, but Jesus was greater. Let's keep reading. Look at verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Ah, here we go. This prophet is Isaiah because he says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. We sang about that earlier. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. I love verse 22 and 23 because Matthew is, is actually, he's digging into the crates. Like, what are you talking about? He's, you know, uh, in hip-hop music, we do this thing called sampling. I've talked about this all the time, where they go and go find an old record in a milk crate, an old vinyl, and they pull it out, and they put it on the turntable, and they'll play a little part of that song, all right? This is, what, this is what Matthew is doing here. You, you, you see him quoting, Je well, actually, Jesus is the one doing it. Jesus, uh, you, you, you get the chance to see 
uh, through this, you see him going and pulling out an Old Testament scripture, okay, putting it on display to show you, one, that this is something that has been going on for a long time. This is something that's been promised, right? Like, the best way I can equate this, and this is where I want us to get as a church with reading the Bible and understanding the Bible. This is from Isaiah chapter 7 that he quotes this verse, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Um, I, if I did this right now, if I said, doom, 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 I don't have to do any more of that song. All y'all know what song that is, right? What song is that? Jingle Bells. You heard a piece of it, but you know the whole thing. So sometimes when we're reading scripture, I just want to encourage you that the readers are very familiar with Isaiah chapter 7. He doesn't have to quote the whole verse. He just says a little bit, but he's familiar with all of it. I want us to get to that point where we're reading the scripture and we're seeing these things and we're so familiar with it that when we hear it again, we're like, yes, I got it. I know the whole, I know the song, I know this, because it's very important for us to grasp that and understand that this is how big this Jesus is. Remember, all the scripture is about him. So we learned that our king he, came, he became a man to rescue us. And here's the thing. We know that his name is Jesus, which means the Lord saves, but we also get another name. It's Emmanuel. It means that God is with us. So write this promise down. Jesus' birth means you have a presence greater than your problems. His birth means you have a presence that's greater than your problem. Yes, I was consumed with presence as a kid. I was consumed with presence with a T, S on the end of it. But when I accepted Jesus in my life, I learned to love and get consumed with his presence. This is something that was promised. See, you know what our problems need? Our problems need the presence of God. You know what kids need when they're having a nightmare? They need the presence of their parents. Even if you don't fix the problem immediately, it's something about knowing that that parent is there that gives them assurance that everything's going to be all right. Yay, though I walk through 2020, I will fear no evil. Why? Because your rod and your staff, you, you're right beside me. Is this a lie? No. Is this hypothetical? No. His name is Emmanuel. When you call him Emmanuel, that means you acknowledge that he's omnipresent. That means you acknowledge that he's with you, church. See, historically up until this point, remember how it worked out. You remember God started off as our king historically. Then God's people rejected him, and they said, we want a human king. Then we got human kings. Human kings messed over us. Human kings still mess over us. That, that, that's the way it goes. And then a king is born named King Jesus, and he's perfect. Why? Because he's fully God. He's fully man. That's why he became the perfect king for us. Now, here's the thing that's crazy. Usually when you become a king, Usually when you become royal, you're at, you usually don't get around people as much, right? You're harder to be in contact with. That's not the same with the kind of God that we serve. Our God actually promised to be with us, 
right? One of my favorite verses in the scripture is that even though Jesus in his physical body ascended, right? Before he ascended and he told his disciples, he said, I want you to go make disciples. You know, he said, you know, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He said, but I need y'all to remember something. He said, I am the I am, the same I am that you heard about in the old, with, with Moses, that I, I am with you to the very end of this age. We heard it over and over through Deuteronomy. We heard God say that to Moses. He said it to Joshua. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. It was the only hope that we had as the human race for our problems. And listen, it's preached in this story. It's so clear here. His name is Jesus. He'll save us from our sins. His name is Emmanuel. He promises to be with us. You always have a reason despite the season. You hear me? You always got a reason to be hopeful. You always got a reason to be excited. You always have a reason to celebrate the birth of this king. Always. So what we've learned so far is that while we had a problem that was greater than our ability, his presence is greater than our problems. But here's something else. This is the last thing I want to share with you that, you know, we have a promise too. Okay? So before I share this last point with you, I want to tell you a quick little story. Um, there was a little boy, um, you know, young, young, young child, able, small enough to fit in the grocery cart. Um, his his uh, mom is actually going out. She's doing some Christmas shopping. He's in the cart. She's grabbing things, and he spots some chocolate chip cookies. And he says, Mama, can I, can I get some of those chocolate chip cookies? And his mom was like, nope, we're Christmas shopping right now. You're not getting chocolate chip cookies. And he's like, but Mama, I... I really, I really, 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 really want some of those chocolate chip cookies. She's like, boy, I'm doing some shopping. This ain't your season for chocolate chip cookies right now, all right? We got some other stuff we need to do. Then he asked her a third to mama, please, mama, I, I really, really, really just want some chocolate chip cookies. Now, at this point, she's getting upset. She's like, look, so you, you're going to get the business. I, I, stop asking me for chocolate chip cookies. So he stops. They get all the stuff they need. They roll up to the checkout line. And they're getting ready to check out. And in the act of boldness, the boy stands up in the cart, claps his hands together, looks up to heaven and says, Lord Jesus, you said if I ask for anything, I can have it. And I want some chocolate chip cookies right now, Lord, because my mama won't let me have them. She won't let me get these chocolate chip cookies. Now, as he's saying that, people are looking around like, why won't that woman let that boy just get some chocolate chip cookies? That's all he wants. So she's embarrassed and she goes off. She grabs some chocolate chip cookies, she throw them, in the, throw them in the bin, and then the boy said, thank you, Jesus, for answering prayers, all right? Now, most of y'all are, like, thinking about that mama, because y'all are like, I wish my child would do something like that and embarrass me. But don't focus on the mama for a moment. I want you to focus on this child. I want you to think about his faith for a second. I want you to think about his hope for a second. I want you to think about the fact that he got all the way to the checkout line, and he decided to still trust Jesus. See, I think this boy is where a lot of us are metaphorically in 2020. We expected God to do some things. We asked for some things. There's some things that didn't go the way we wanted, and we're ready to check out. Some of us are checking out on our faith. 
We're checking out on our Bible reading. We're checking out on hope. Some of us are checking out on community. There's people that are checking out on their marriages, checking out on friendships. Because you have the faith that this little boy had in a God that made a promise. See, Jesus got more hope than we got problems in 2020. Let me say that one more time. Jesus got more hope than you got problems. He does. The last thing I wanted to share with you was Jesus' birth means you have a promise stronger than your fears. We make a lot of decisions out of our fears. Can I take you back to the beginning of the story really quickly? Just really quickly. The literal hope of the world was on the line for Mary and Joseph. And they decided to put their faith in God instead of fearing man. Joseph had a decision to make. He almost divorced himself. Not just from Mary, but from the hope of the world. Even though he didn't understand the work of the Holy Spirit right then, he trusted God. What is the work of the Holy Spirit in the midst of all the stuff that has happened so far this year? Have we asked him? Did we pursue him? Did we hear him? Or are we making decisions out of fear? You got a promise from a God that not only will save you, but he's with you. He secured that promise. I just want to encourage you today, church, to make sure that you're seeking Jesus in that way. Lest with great anticipation, this Christmas especially, celebrate the birth of what this king has done. And let's recognize the need that we have to follow King Jesus, the King of kings, Lord of lords. Let's pray. God, I thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing a work that's beyond our understanding. Thank you, Jesus, for becoming a man. Thank you, God, for accepting the sacrifice so that we could be forgiven for our sins. Thank you, Lord, for always being with us no matter what we go through. We serve you, we honor you, we worship you, King Jesus. But we pray that our life glorifies you. As we go, Lord, I pray that people will know who the king is. I pray that they meet the king through our lives that's humbly submitted to you. God, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.